Welcome to another Give to Local podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you with us uh, and delighted to have this special guest who I don't want to say has been thrust into the limelight because uh, I would imagine he's enjoying every single second of his life at the minute, certainly when it comes to coaching the, the national team, but delighted to have Mark Stutel with us. Mark, uh, wherever you are in the world right now, welcome along and thanks for joining us. Thanks for the invite, Justin. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. A um, little bit of background about you. Um, I suppose we should start at the, at the very top at the minute as, and, and, and discuss what you're doing right now uh, when it comes to uh, to basketball. Where are you at? Where have you just come back from and what are you doing? Uh, well, at the minute, I've caught up on some sleep that I didn't have over the last kind of couple of weeks, which has been good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm back home in, in Newcastle at the minute, um, but kind of my current role... Um, with the with the national team has been leading the, the senior men's national team for um, for six games over a, we call them FIBA qualifying windows so over three windows from February 2020 to November 2020 to February 21 um, in kind of our pursuit of qualifying for um, the Eurobasket which is you know kind of the European Championship so. Um, yeah, just just kind of letting the dust settle from that. What was uh, the last week? We kind of solidified our our qualification um, with one game to go in the campaign uh, as kind of the lowest the lowest ranked team in the group. So really, really proud. Been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, you know, kind of last few days I've been reflecting. Uh, you know, kind of quite a bit on on the previous year, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of uh, whistle whistle stop tour of of, of the last. Uh, last week in the last 12 months, I suppose. I mean, all, all of a sudden you found yourself coaching the, the, the senior men's team and then on to GP. I mean, it sounds like a, an, an absolute whirlwind. How did it all come about? So I've always, um, you know, alongside kind of my club coaching commitments and I've, you know, worked at various uh, clubs, you know, probably a lot of people in the basketball world probably know me for um, my time with the Northumbria University basketball programme. Um, it, you know, which I spent kind of uh, probably close to eight, nine good years there. Um, but alongside that, I've always, you know, made myself available for the national team and uh, been fortunate. I think my first national team coaching position, I was, I, I want to say, the fourth assistant on an England under 16s team back in 2003, uh, in which I kind of had to pay my own way, uh, which, you know, wasn't complaining about the head coach gave me an opportunity. Um, and the European Championships then were in Portugal. So, you know, I think as a 23 or 24 year old to be able to kind of, you know, have those opportunities and then kind of progress through the ranks, um, you know, assisting under 18s, uh, assisting under 20s. Um, and then in the um, summer of, I need to get this right now, I think yeah. summer of 2018, <laughs> I, um, I was the head coach of the under 20 national team. Um, in which we were competing in, in Division A, which is the highest level in Europe, and um, you know we had a we had a, a kind of an up and down campaign, um, but we ended up um, with a couple of big wins in the competition and, and maintained our states in Division A, and we finished we finished tenth uh, out of sixteen teams in Europe, which at that time was our highest ever finish for a Great Britain team. The, the team the, the the following year finished ninth, so you know pleased that they they kind of. Uh, beat that but that was in the summer of 2018 and then November of 2018 the performance director who oversees all of the national teams um, one of the assistant coaches uh, who was um, based in Spain wasn't able to attend the senior men's camp 
So a couple of weeks out before that, that window, uh, he called me and said, look, you know, based on kind of what you've done in the summer, you know, would you be interested in, in, in coming in and, you know, trying to offer some support, but also kind of continuing with your development. And so since then, I haven't really, I haven't really looked back. I've, you know, started off as an assistant in that November 2018. And um, I've kind of been through with, with this group in particular, um, that was, um, it was called pre-qualifiers so we were playing Austria and Cyprus and we lost the game to Austria at home uh, in what was my first game as an assistant coach and that kind of triggered the next kind of game so we had to finish those games we dropped down into the lowest the final round of qualification which saw us um, competing against uh, Kosovo and Cyprus in the summer of 2019 uh, we had a new head coach who came into the programme then a guy called Nate Reinking who's, who's a legend in British basketball um, who um, he's coaching uh, in America in, in what we call the G League which is the second league in America affiliated with the NBA and uh, I was kind of the lead assistant with that group and then bringing it through to, to the last 12 months uh, Nate wasn't able to, to, to kind of get in for the windows so the board uh, and Nate agreed that I would step up in, a, in an acting position um, and that's kind of got me through to this part of the last as the last 12 months so it's been you know it's been uh, you reflect on it it's been amazing <laughs> you know uh, challenging uh, exhilarating you know all of these different words but yeah it's since so since november 2018 i've been involved with with this group of people in different roles and then more recently as i say as, as kind of the acting head coach in the last in the last three windows i mean talk about sink or swim type moment though suddenly you're thrust into this this role and absolutely fantastic and credit to you um but how did you feel knowing that there was so much at stake and and that this is as as big as it gets for for british basketball yeah i mean uh, you know guys you know me will always you know <laughs> tell you that i'm honest you know and i think in this hopefully you know different coaches or sports people or you know anybody listens to this to be a part of it that you know probably imposter syndrome was was a big part of it you, you, you know absolutely i think as when i'm an assistant coach and i'm there to support and you know reinforce the head coach's direction maybe offer the head coach some ideas but you, you know the head coach is in, in our sport is very much kind of the, the, the focal point to then be afforded this opportunity and me going you know at the time 35 years old um I've coached junior national teams, but I've never really coached senior national teams. I've coached senior teams in England, but you know, there's a, there's a big jump up here in the level. Um, so I, you know, going into that first window, I tried to like do do some research and reach out to you know experienced people in my sport and you know try and get advice, etc. And there's a you know a Spanish guy called Alberto Lorenzo who was he was our head coach uh, before Nate. Um, and you know he was like, look, you know, I, I can talk through everything, and I can tell you my reflections, but it doesn't matter because until you sit in the hot seat and you kind of, you know, you kind of learn learn yourself through experience, you you're not really going to know. And and those words were absolutely true. You know, I think you 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 have to be reflective as you're going through it. You know, you you have to reflect as you're in the process, um, and you have to think about what's worked and what hasn't worked. Um, so you know a range of emotions but for sure at times you know that imposter syndrome might have been in my head a little bit I got more comfortable as as it went on um, you know just I think because of the level you know you know I was very aware of the level and some of the differences so um, 
I think I've learned I've learned probably more throughout this coaching experience than I have in the previous 15, 20 years, however long I've been I've been doing it. But um, yeah, just amazing that you know you can get a group of people who can kind of connect and, and, and buy in and support each other to work towards a common goal and do it in a way where you know there's probably accountability on everybody within the group um so yeah be honest did you ever in a million years ever think you'd be in that position well did you ever have those aspirations or is it just something that you've it's it it, it feels almost like destiny really and i know that's a bit of a a fantasy word to use but the it it, it just it seemed like it was just all meant to be it's you know it's I know cliches you know in sport they get recycled a lot people talk, you know everything happens for a reason people talk about these things um, you know I've had you know not to go into it and there's no, nothing severe but you know I had maybe a couple challenging few years in my personal life and and you know I just think all of everything kind of maybe maybe did fall together for a reason you know and obviously the we only played one home game because of coronavirus. Um, and that that home game was in Newcastle, in, in my you know my adopted home city, um, you know in the stadium that's a couple of minutes down the road from me now. So that was it. And I, I did a I spoke. There's there's a basketball website called Hoops Fix, which is you know probably the lead in basketball, uh, like like journalist coverage type website in the country. And, and um, I spoke with the, the, the gentleman who runs it is a guy called Sam Nita, and I spoke with him this past week. Uh, and he did he did like an article on me in uh, maybe 2012 I think um, and I'd, I'd, I was with Northumbria and my first year we got promoted out of Division 2 and I was able to kind of be awarded Coach of the Year and my first year in Division 1 uh, I was afforded Coach of the Year that year as well and and he did an article at that time and in, in the article he you know it, I'd spoke about my aspiration is to lead the senior men's national team at some point now at that, at that point you, you know speaking things into existence it probably was just you know an aspirational dream and um, you know it, it, I guess to be able to, to speak it into existence many years ago and then it happened it happened just recently is you know it's something that, that hopefully is pretty cool and I think the, you know the way I've been thinking about it if my son looks at that when he's a little bit older and says you know look my dad had a goal and he's able to work towards it then for me that would be the most that would be the most important thing it's incredible and and I feel like I've talked you down a little bit by there saying never in a million years would you consider being in that position but obviously you, you made it your goal you, you knew where you wanted to be and you've taken every single step along the way and I I don't know if I've done you down a bit by saying it, a, a lot of it's luck. I, I'm a big believer in you make your own luck, but you've actually chosen that path and you've done everything needed to get along that path every single step of the way. Just, I don't take any offence to that, mate. I, I absolutely don't. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm with, you know, I am with you. It's kind of, you, you know, I think that's the 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 national team. We've had we've had coaches who are. Uh, we had a coach who led um, the Olympic qualification and the Olympics back in 2012. And he, he's now a head coach just this past week. He's a head coach in the NBA. The coach that took over from him was a guy called Joe Prunty, who worked in the NBA for 20 years. And in this last window, when I was with the Great Britain team, he was head coaching uh, the American national team, you know, the number one ranked team in the world. So, um, so and that's not me saying like I'm at that level. It's not. It's me saying that I've kind of, you know, been fortunate, the, 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 there is a little bit of luck around it, I think, because you know 
I am an acting head coach and we have a head coach who's based on the other side of the world who who has you know supported me in, in having these opportunities so um, I've mentioned him already but Alberto uh, when I was assisting him in the second window you know he and I were a little bit closer and we um you know, we're starting to build up a bit of a relationship. We're having we're having dinner. I think we were in Vienna and we're in the hotel and we're having dinner. And he, he said to me, like, Mark, you know, you have to stay consistent and you have to stay present. And every time you get an opportunity, you grab it with two hands. And I know it, it might seem like common sense, but, you know, those words rang true with me. And, you know, I, I mean, Alberto stepped down and, and these all these other things have fell into place. And, you know, the day that I opened up my first practice session in Montenegro with the guys, you know, there's a little bit of a moment there where you're like, it's pretty cool, you know, big, big shoes to fill and different coaches at different levels have been there. But yeah, overall, overall pretty cool. So I, I don't take offence to what you've said at all. I agree with, you know, there's a little bit of luck along the way. Absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, I, I agree with you. No, I, I think what I was trying to emphasise was it's it, most of it is hard, hard blooming graft. Um, which you, you, you've been more than happy to put in, uh, in and amongst balancing home life, balancing homeschooling, balancing your day-to-day job. Because let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, it, we see these elite level, level athletes and assume that everything's paid for, it, you live the life of luxury. Well, actually, no, there's a, there's a lot of a balancing act goes on to be able to give you that opportunity. For sure, yeah, and... and- um, I think that's another, I mean, I've mentioned it a couple of times already, but this imposter syndrome that, you know, kind of, I'm sure it can it can um, impact people in, in many different walks of life. You know, I read something not too long ago about, you know, a young CEO, the age of like 34 of a company, and he's doing his first briefing to the staff, and he's like, you know, speaking to people who are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old who've, you know, maybe a little bit more experienced, and he, he felt like he was an imposter in that situation. I'm a basketball coach, and I've worked my backside off, I've put I've put the hours in on the floor. I've put the hours in developing. I've you know I've done qualifications. I've you know I've absolutely put put the hours in uh, above and beyond. I know that I have. But the reality is, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm employed full time in education. So I go away and coach a national team and then come back and you know I'm, I'm I'm immersed in that world. Whereas the players, you know, the players at that level are all full time professional athletes. The coaches who I'm coaching against are all full-time employed coaches. You know, is that something that, that I have aspirations to do? Absolutely, if the situation is right. And unfortunately, in, in the UK, there, there, there really isn't the coaching pathway. So it's something that I have to balance a little bit, um, you know, to make sure that I do come back and, you know, I'm, when I'm away, I'm, I'm, as sad as it sounds, I'm checking email to see whether some of my students have emailed me and I can help them and stuff because it's, you know, spinning plates is probably the biggest, the biggest kind of uh, term that I can use with it. So, yeah, I'm very aware that, you know, I've been supported by my work, you know, Newcastle College, that they, they afford me the time to go away and, and, and coach and, um, you know, chase those, chase those kind of aspirations um, and, yeah, definitely something that, you know, sometimes I do try and take a step back and just exhale and go, right, I need a little bit of time to me now to recharge the batteries because I do feel like spinning the plates is a constant, constant part in my life. It's interesting you say that because you talk about your 2013 self with all those aspirations and what you wanted to achieve. And I'm guessing along with the job that you ultimately ended up doing, you would have probably envisaged being able to enjoy it a little bit more than you did because with it comes the pressure and with it comes the expectation and all of a sudden the, everything intensifies did you get chance to take a step back at some point and go oh my goodness 
I've just coached the senior national side, something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm probably emotional by nature. You know, I'm an emotional person. I think <laughs> I, I'm fascinated with emotional intelligence, particularly in, in leadership positions, you know, having empathy and uh, authenticity and, and being who you are and staying true to that. And I think after the uh, after the, the first Germany game, uh, I was trying to get my words out to the guys in the locker room and, you know, maybe like chop some onions and eyes are watering a little bit, maybe, who knows? Um, so I think, I think you know, that, that for me, that I'll remember that moment. And, you know, we had a couple of photographers in there who've kind of captured that moment. And, you know, that, that, that was really kind of special to me. I think as I got more comfortable over the three windows and more experienced in the windows, I felt the, the pressure mount up. And, you know, in this last window, I definitely felt the burden you know, I have, there's a couple of players on the on the team who uh, were kind of um, asking, not me directly, but asking my support staff. He's like, "Look, is Mark all right? You know, is he? Is he? Is he? You know?" And that's the players kind of saying it because <laughs> may, maybe you know, I'm not. One of them said, "I want to play poker with you because you can't hide your emotions." You know, so I, th I think in, from from that standpoint and enjoying it, w w there's been special moments along the way. The first win in Newcastle against Germany. Um, was just huge for us and obviously that was in terms of the, the, the coronavirus pandemic we had a full house you know I think as well three four weeks after that where where we went into lockdown so um, so we had a, you know to share that with 3,000 uh, Geordies etc was, was was awesome and then you know we had the, the second window where we were in France uh, and we, we took an absolute kick in from France in the first game uh, and there was a lot of you know a lot of negative narrative about the group about myself and and you know my experiences and then you know to come back two days later and to beat Montenegro but beat them by plus nine which we had to to get the head-to-head -head. you know that that win was special that win will, will stay with me forever and then to get two wins in the last window in the manner that we did against Germany with like a buzzer beater to to essentially qualify us. We, st we still didn't know until the outcome of the other game. And then to beat France, who were the sixth ranked team in the world. So th there's these moments throughout the journey that I absolutely will cherish and will remember. Um, but I think honestly that the overarching emotion, and, and, and you said it there with, you know, with that position comes some pressure. I, I use the term, the burden of it, and I don't want to sound negative no, there. I know because, you you know, no, not, I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. No one's forced me to do it. It's, it's a position that I've, I've accepted, but I did feel the burden because, um, okay, so one example, after we beat Germany, we played, um, we played, uh, we had a practice session the next day before we played France and, and Luke Nelson was the guy who hit the buzzer beater and um, I saw a video on, on Twitter of um, a, probably a four-year-old working on his, le working on his, Luke, what he was calling his Luke Nelson finish, you know, because Luke has inspired a four-year-old so whilst we, we want to win and we want to be in these competitions, the thing that I, I love British basketball, and there's also an element of it where we're impacting the next generation and you feel that pressure and you want, you know, these people that come in and commit so much to their country and give so much to the country, I want them to be portrayed in the right light. These are exceptional human beings who are committing so much. So winning and qualifying was absolutely our first goal but you can see the buzz around it now when we're impacting these guys. So that's a memory that will stay with me. But I think the overarching thing is it was probably relief, you know, you know, relief when we've qualified to sit down, to process it, to try and be quiet for, with my thoughts and just go, holy heck, you know, what, what a ride, what a ride. <laughs> 
have you have you revised those aspirations now? I know you mentioned MBA. Um, is that something realistically? I mean, look where you've got to now. Is that something in the back of your mind? Do you think at some point, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've st- you know, I'm ambitious, and in coaching age, I'm still relatively young. Um, you know, I'm still. Um, I'm, I'm still at an age where you know I think that I've got I've got attributes that I can offer. Um, I I've I don't want this to sound um, you know arrogant. I've been I've been disappointed at a lack of opportunity in in our professional league here. You know I feel that I've I've proved my worth. Uh, you know what what I what I can offer with a group when I'm in the leadership role uh, in Division One. So that so the league below the BBL, which yeah. was. It, yeah. I mean that they class it as a um, as a professional league in terms of work permits and, and the governing body, because they do have two uh, non EU players coming in, so which are usually Americans, and they have to get work permits to be classed as professional. It's not really a professional league. It, it, it's a semi pro league with some amateur clubs in it, which I was you know at Northumbria. I had like a scholarship budget to be able to recruit student athletes, um, and I feel like I've you know over we won the league we won the cup i helped players develop and move on so i feel like you know in terms of the english game i'm i'm disappointed um that and there's not only me there's a few, you know other coaches probably in similar situation that are not not able to to maybe take that next step into the bbl the professional league and and prove the worth so so that's you know in terms of my ambition that's pretty much where i was hoping that my next steps would be um however again it, i take a step back from it i'm fortunate you know i have a good career um i'm kind of you know fortunate to still work with people and still help people develop and you know that that's what i like doing my passion is is, is working with people um so would i like to absolutely justin you know I, I would i would like to kind of take the step into into professional coaching and feel that pressure and you know help develop a team and i think that that's that's where i'm, I'm you know i have some strengths um so hopefully hopefully who knows um but yeah at the minute just kind of focusing on you know being back at home fortunate to you know kind of my son's based in Newcastle, so you know to to kind of uh, he he's at an age now that's just amazing. So seeing his growth while still being able to kind of you know you know um, support and develop through the national team system. Is he an up and coming basketball player? Um, see, see, this is the this is the thing, isn't it? About this, I've I've you know lectured a lot on sports coaching, and I've had some fantastic debates with my students on you know nature nurture etc. and I, I I can't be that pushy dad, and I'm saying that to you now. And I had him in the park yesterday for an hour, so but that was his choice, okay? So we, we I think we were up in a Freeman Park, and he, he was he was practicing his basketball, but then he was also leaving the basketball and picking up his remote control car, which I didn't challenge. I let him. So I mean, of course, of course, you know, if that's your interest, you want that to transcend down, right? But you know, I, I make sure that. I take him to gymnastics. I take him to swimming. He, he goes to football. Um, so you know, if he's active, that's the most important thing for me because I think that sport offers so many, like people call them soft skills. I don't. I don't really like the term soft skills because it has a negative connotation. But you know, transferable skills. You know, communication, problem solving, collaboration, initiative. You know, perseverance, resilience. I think sport in in whatever your sport is helps develop all of them so 
I would like him to be involved in sport. Um, but you know, if he puts a basketball vest on at some point, I'd be happy. But he has to make that choice, right? Well, given that you've just you've just basically told everyone you're not a pushy dad, here's the next question: Is he black and white, red or blue? <laughs> yeah, so that I am pushy on. I've, you've caught me out there. I, I've lied straight away. Yeah, so he, he was he was born into a Liverpool baby grow. Yeah, he was. He was. So it's interesting. So my family, I, I'm I'm a red. My dad's sides. My dad's sides red. My stepdad's side. He's a he's a Manchester United season oh. ticket holder. <laughs> Only joking, yeah, man. So only joking, man. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not. I don't have to be PC on that one. Um, so I had to make sure that that was. And obviously, he's uh, his his mother's side are from Sunderland, and he's born in Newcastle. So there's a lot of things. The poor kid is going to be so confused. Bless him. He doesn't. He won't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. Stick right. to basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. No confusion. Exactly. You, you've mentioned your role a, a couple of times now, and what you do. I suppose we should sort of elaborate on that a little bit, and and what you do at, at the university. How does your role, your full time paid role, how does that work out? What do you do? Yeah. So I've always been a lecturer. Um, kind of leading uh, sports coaching degrees so there's obviously been a lot of natural links there um in the last um two years i've taken like different roles in the organization uh for, for a year i was a teaching and learning coach which meant that i was kind of um working cross college with different disciplines which was uh, I, I, you know amazing for me i loved it i was actually supporting lecturers in music performing arts engineering art and design so whilst the actual subject you know i knew nothing about i know that's going to throw you off there justin with looking at my dress sense but when i was going into a fashion class you know i, I knew nothing about what they're doing but it was kind of supporting the staff there on, on how they you know the teaching and learning the product the pedagogy um so i did that for a year and i loved it i think that helped me develop um and then i also uh, the last year i've kind of stepped into like a middle management role so i'm i'm back in the the sports and exercise section now i, I still lecture one day a week you know i teach some sports coaching and some sports psychology and then i kind of oversee the day-to-day -day running of the of the like the section the other four days a week um so again, I am fortunate where I've been able to kind of progress my my career alongside. I always tell people I, I have a dual career um, and it's, you know, people kind of ask me how many hours are in the day. And, and I, you know, sometimes there's peaks and troughs with that, you know, where there's different times of the academic year that's busy. Yeah. But there's also times yeah. when I'm able to focus on, you know, having some time with my son. So, um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm fortunate where I've had some different roles. And I do feel that those experiences have helped me develop basketball side and vice versa basketball's helped me develop kind of professionally i think with that in mind obviously you're, you're about to welcome back quite a few students are you a little bit nervous about what the, the last 12 months may have done to to a lot of your students coming back in terms of learning from home and everything that they've had to and you i know we all have but at such a critical time in their education and everything else that goes along with it it's it's going to be a tough time for sure, and you know, I, I you're on the money with with the question. We don't know, right? Like, and, and that's the thing is that we don't know. And you know, I really just want the messages to you know anybody returning to education is we care about you as a person, and I, I believe in that wholeheartedly because you know we've had however is this the third lockdown now, and you know I, I'm I class myself as a positive, outgoing, upbeat 
you know, individual. I found this la- this last lockdown, you know, hard at mm. times. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, and I think that the more that we acknowledge and talk about it, hopefully we alleviate some of those perceptions for young people. And, you know, I always, again, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm on my soapbox. I'm 36, but I think, you know, young people nowadays with the, so you know, social media pressures, you know, that I, I didn't have to deal with growing up and growing up's hard anyway, right? So, you add the pandemic in with that where there's been online learning where you know whether some people haven't adjusted they've been isolated i think it is really a you know a, a key time um nationally okay i'm aware it goes on beyond the uk but it, you know it's really a key time now and you know hopefully education providers just need to ensure that learners are supported you know they feel they feel looked after they feel like they've got relationships with the teaching staff and hopefully you know when they get back on campus they feel you know, COVID secure and we alleviate those fears, but they also, you know, just let's not focus on assessments. This, you know, let's focus on how are you, how have you found it? Do you want to share how you get, you know, these, these types of things where hopefully they feel comfortable with getting back on campus. It's interesting you mentioned the third lockdown because I, I, I completely agree. I think I've found it the, the toughest and I'm a parent of two as well. So we've had them at home and whilst that's been nice, I know it's been challenging for them. Are you seeing any signs with some of your students, whether or not it's via email or via seeing them in person, that there is going to be a bit of a job to do once you get them back and they're within that kind of education frame once again? I think so. There's different. Yes, yes, it would be the the short answer. I think that you know there's going to be some challenges. I keep seeing. You know, I've used the term a little bit, but narrative is amazing, right? How people put the spin on things and how they see things. I keep seeing this term like lost learning. I'm not saying that that isn't that isn't accurate, but I know that for my team, my staff have been working so hard to ensure. That they're, you know, they they've got families. They're spinning homeschooling. They're teaching online for twenty five hours a week, sitting behind a computer screen, planning, supporting tutorials. So the term lost learning for me generates a belief in young people that they've lost learning. What I would say is, whilst we've pivoted and the learning has been delivered in a different forum, you know, I want them to try and look at it and say, well, maybe I've developed some of my digital literacy skills, or maybe I've it's different you know and I just think that perception of it is is different so yeah. I think that you yeah. know, communication is really important right and we don't you know I think we need to stay away from the term lost learning we need to acknowledge the situation that's happened and has there been like an area for reflection but yeah I, I do think to your point I do think that it's you know it's going to be a challenge and hopefully you know in the next few years because I think that you know it's going to take that time to see to see the impact of it from an education standpoint I think that hopefully you know, we're not seeing too much of a of a, of a negative detriment to, to our young people. And just one final one on COVID. How has someone so upbeat and positive managed to stay sane and keep themselves going in this time? Because I would imagine other people listening to that will go, right, I'll give that a try. Again, it's, it's you know, I always think at times, I've done this as a coach, right? Just like I've, I've went to observe another coach that I've seen from the outside and went, I'm so excited. What's the secret formula? Give me the secret recipe. How are you so effective? And there isn't one. So, and I think to your point, you know, for me, it's been exercise, you know, literally kind of, you know, trying to have some sort of routine, uh, exercising daily, um, trying to be strict with with my diet. You know, at times, again, there's peaks and troughs with that, but 
exercise for me has, has been everything um i even think you know this last weekend this you know the sun was out a little bit and you know it makes it, it everything seems a bit better but even when it's been cold wet rainy snowy you know getting out walks it doesn't have to be you know crazy intense but i just think getting away from a computer screen getting away from netflix get and just literally you know stretching the legs getting some fresh air i think that's been the most important thing i also like connectivity you know I, i'm not great at it but you know my family's based in the northwest and I always do that. I just point it that way. Then I don't know if that is the northwest. Maybe, but my family's based in based in the northwest, and I, you know, at times when you feel maybe a little bit low, just talking about it and reaching out and saying, you, you know, FaceTiming my mum, my dad, my stepdad, you know, and how how's things? How are we getting on? Um, so yeah, I think I think those things just you know a bit of self care, I think, and exercise for me is is absolutely. I know that for me that's been the biggest thing because. I, I'm, I'm not a, a I wouldn't class myself as a runner to any level but I, I love running since I've stopped playing basketball it's been the thing it took me a while to get into it but since I've found it I just find that it gives me complete clarity and it gives me some headspace um, so for me that's been the game changer and I would say if people are starting it and it's not you know give it some time commit to it and see it through before you yeah before you make your mind up do you in a weird way do you see this period of time almost creating much more of an appetite for particularly for grassroots sport because we've been denied it for such a long time all of a sudden people are going to just want to get back out get involved get it done just get outside in the sunshine do you see that being a a a positive symptom of what we've all just been through where all of a sudden you're going to be blown away by how many people want to get involved I, i hope so you know i was discussing this with a friend not so long ago because because of the restrictions um you know the uh, walking down the coast it's like northumberland street now you know going to the park you've got to fight over your little bit of space and i, and I like that you know I, I went to the park yesterday and I, i'm going to plug it again but i did take some football goals with him and we took some uh, with my son and you know we took uh frisbee you know all these different things but the park was 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 booming with people just enjoying sport you know just enjoying some activity and f- f- like you know for me i really hope that it does you know move long term into into grassroots growth and then into you know that whether you go from grassroots to okay it's becoming a little bit more participation based now it's become a little bit more performance based now it's going a little bit more elite you know the next the next world champion in whatever sport the next national team player in whatever sport you know if they're starting at a young age because of all this i think it's great and i i, I do think that you know there's been a shift hasn't there through through how accessible like healthy living is you know in terms of reading up on the internet you, you know you can go into your phone now and see an exercise plan or healthy recipes i think that you know as a as a nation the awareness of those things it's become better so hopefully you know that that is a positive on the back of the pandemic where people are more active and people kind of see that and see the you know see the 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 benefits in that i really i really do hope so yeah and you know on a personal level it'd be great to see you know grassroots basketball in the area continuing to grow continuing to develop you know i've been i've been looking at that a little bit from a personal standpoint because you know as a five-year-old whereas you know the newcastle eagles often do an outstanding job for youth basketball in the region but you know is there something there from from a younger age because i can i can find a youth basket uh, a youth football club in which my son was going to one straight away but i can't find like a 5 year old mm. basketball club in mm. my locality so yeah maybe something for me to consider in your time 
in basketball and not just in the northeast are we better at getting youngsters involved in basketball now than maybe where we were 10 15 years ago are we doing a better job of it now it's 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 still an area of growth but but absolutely you know in 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 my sport um you know, I probably typical story for myself where I was a tall kid who got told to go and play centre half. I had two left feet, and I, and I loved it, and I tried hard. I just wasn't very good. And you know, basketball coach came into the school. Oh, you're tall. Let's give it a go. And I just fell in love with it instantly. But you know, that was me picking a ball up at the age of fourteen, fifteen. And I was fortunate then where where I kind of went to a national academy away from home. I think now we've got more academies, which by default means that there's probably more growth in individual regions because of the academy structure um i think that via you know the internet and so on we've got you know more accessibility to seeing what what it basketball actually is you know i think people can um i know that let's say youngsters on the age of 14 plus you know it would be easier now for senior clubs to maybe track a 14 15 16 year old than it was 10 15 years ago um so I, th- I think, you know, participation figures in basketball, you, you know, they're, they're increasing. I want to say it's the second, the last time I'd read, the second most participated team sport in, in the United Kingdom. So I think, you know, f- from my sport, yes, there, there's definitely more growth. I think we do a, you know, a better job um, of, um, yeah, players kind of stay in the course within their sport, within their pathway. I would like to see more, you know, I want to see more. Um, you know, I think this is, if you spoke to kind of Paul Blake at the Eagles, he would agree with this too. But, you know, I would like to see three local lads, you know, being key figures for mm. the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that just because we want to see that now, we have to make sure that the sport, I'm not, I'm not just saying the Newcastle Eagles, the sport has to have a plan to drive that forward. Um, it's definitely better and it's going in the right direction. And hopefully things like, you know, I've been overwhelmed with the amount of support, the amount of people have reached out about the national team now. You know, hopefully that can inspire and give people a lift and drive people through again um, as well. Um, we've got Give to Local now, the the, the official sponsor of, of Newcastle Eagles, which is fantastic. I suppose it's time for me to have a little plug as well. Um, but on a serious note, as a coach, I would imagine you look at the model and what we're trying to achieve and... Would you view that as a positive in terms of how we, we, we put a bit more funding into basketball, particularly at a grassroots level? Absolutely. Like, honestly, it, it, it's, it's huge. And I think the work, you know, I, I appreciate I'm here talking via that platform, but the work that you're doing, you know, cross sports and, and it is, is fantastic. You know, it, it, it really isn't. And the more that we can invest in it, the better it is and and i i feel like i'm a bit of a fraud here with this and I'll, I'll i'll kind of give you the reasons why like i've i've been fortunate to do some like coach development in spain and in serbia and and what usually happens within their clubs is that the head coach of the club of the senior professional team will you know usually go back and coach the under 10s and the under 12s maybe once a week maybe twice a week but they'll go back and say look this is what we're doing here how do we break that down at these steps? And I've the reason I got into coaching was because I was working with youth. I think I started coaching, my first official coaching team was Newcastle under-16s. I coached the Eagles Academy under-16s and then did a few years, went under-18s. Okay, now you're going to go and coach the academy. Now you're going to go and coach the men. And the, the more you develop as a coach in basketball, usually 
the higher up the continuum you work and you become less involved with the grassroots. What we need to do is get our better coaches working with the grassroots to be able to kind of keep people retained in the sport and develop. Now, again, I feel like a fraud saying that because at the minute I don't coach grassroots. I've always, you know, before I finish coaching, I want to be able to go back and, and take a group of eight, nine, ten year olds and see if I can, you know, help them develop over eight to ten years through to under 18s. So, you know, I think that it's something that, again, in my sport, we need to do. Is it a resource or an infrastructure thing? Because the more you progress as a coach, there's a monetary element to it as well, where, you know, the time that you invest in, there has to be some uh, remission for, you know, for time invested, for employment, whatever it may be, which usually doesn't involve grassroots. It's usually more performance where you start getting the funding. So, yeah, I mean, things like, you know, give to local and, and the investment that you're putting in to an organisation like the Eagles, who absolutely, you know, spend time on prioritising youth development is, is, is nothing but, you know, a breath of fresh air and positive that we need to drive the sport forward. So as the current acting head coach of, of Team GB at the minute, what would your advice to youngsters be who are perhaps even can just considering getting involved in basketball? It, it's, they've not made any big serious noises about it, but there might be a little thing there that thinks, you know what, I'm, I like the look of that. It's a cool sport. I want to get involved. I'm, I'm back, but it really is like it's it's fast paced, it's dynamic, uh, it's challenging, it's ever developing. You, you know the 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 style of play goes through these trends two to three four years where the game changes, and it, it keeps you as a coach on your toes because do you adapt or do you stay true to what you want? So I would absolutely support anybody to get involved. I would say you know reach out to people, um, ask ask people questions, go and observe. You know, if there's you know anything in your area, go down and, and watch and you know ask. Listen, can I help? Okay, can I set up some the drill? Can I, do you need some basketballs? I think the biggest teacher within any types of coaching environment is experience, and it's being there and being present. And you know, I'll, I said it already. I've said it twice now. Alberto Lorenzo said that to me when I, I kind of was present. But if you can just you know get outside your comfort zone, kind of reach out to somebody, go and go and observe a session, go and, um, you know, go and try and support, do it. And particularly, yes, I'm biased, but basketball is so fun, fast-paced, skilled, tactical, technical. It's, you know, and from a coaching standpoint, um, the more that you progress, the more that, you know, it'll challenge you to kind of develop as a coach. And, you know, what, what do you believe in? Should we play you know, fast, should we play slow? Should should the coach control the possessions? You know, there's a part of coaching where you see people on the sidelines shouting out every play because the coach does have some impact on it or should yeah. you step back and let the players yeah. do it? And then how do you do that? And how, there's so many different challenges. So I know I've waffled a lot, but what I would say is um, get involved, get outside your comfort zone, reach out to some coaches in the area. And honestly, you'd be welcomed with open arms. You know, if you can... If you whether you know anything about the sport or not, I would rather work with somebody who's hardworking, engaging, the present, and who knows nothing about basketball than somebody who you know feels like they know a lot about basketball but is not you know not got the the, the character I suppose because it is a tough profession and you've got to put the hours in. And when it comes to playing, I mean, let's shatter one of the biggest myths of all. I know it helps. But height is no barrier to getting into basketball. Some of the most influential players in the world haven't been particularly big. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, you say there's an old adage where they say you can't teach height, you know, and that's where if you've got, if you've, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, if, you've, if you're in, I don't know, the local area now and, you know, you're not enjoying rugby and your PE teacher's telling you you should be a rugby player and, and you know, you're tall, go and pick up a basketball because you, one side of it is you can't teach height. And we've had a lot of examples in the country of late starters um, we had a guy playing the NBA called John Amici who was literally walking along and, and there was a you know a legendary coach Joe Forber from Manchester that's seen him at 6'9 at 17 I think and went you're coming to play basketball <laughs> and within like four or five years later he's in the NBA you, you know so I, I, that's one part of it because you can't teach height but on the most part Justin you're absolutely right you know we've got we've got you know you don't have point guards are usually smaller highly skilled the leaders of the team vocal you know i guess for for any of the football fans out there you know maybe kind of your 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 midfield you know between a, a playmaker or between like a defensive midfielder you know really vocal and leading the team so yeah no matter what your your height is get rid of that one now if you have got height it maybe puts you in a different category you know in certain positions but yeah on, on the most part you know I, i've been fortunate of coaching some players that have been vertically challenged and uh, and they've still they've still made you know a massive impact on the game so yeah it, it really is inclusive to anybody you know it really is inclusive and i would say you know do the pot male female particularly you know if we're talking about grassroots level five six seven eight years old male female you, you know doesn't matter get involved because of the nature of the game and the type of the game uh, I'm going to offend some people now and I have got some friends who work in netball so this is said with a pinch of salt but it's like the fun version of netball oh. where you can't yeah, yeah, I've said to you mate I'm going to offend some people and I'm going with it but you know I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to dig myself a hole here in, in netball I could play my whole career and not shoot the ball I could be a goalkeeper or a goal defender and not shoot the ball. Basket, come and play basketball. You can shoot, you can dribble, you can run, you can pass, you can do all these different skills. Now, I am saying that as well, where when Northumbria had the Super League team and I was still playing for the men's team at Northumbria, we played them in a little warm-up game, a little 20-minute section. Our coaches got together when we played netball and we couldn't get anywhere near them. The way that they moved the ball, like we couldn't... So I'm saying that with a pinch of salt and I do respect anybody who competes, but... Yeah, you know, come and come and get involved in basketball for sure. Mark, it's been fascinating to chat to you. Um, and again, your journey, especially on the coaching route, has just been unbelievable. It's so pleasing to see you doing so well. But after half an hour, three quarters of an hour chatting to you, it's not really a surprise given how much passion you've got for the, the sport that you're in. If we only had as many coaches like you doing what you do, I think sport in the UK would be would be absolutely fantastic. I know there's a lot of people out there, but great to, to just get a, a feel for that passion. Um, and I think I think basketball in the UK is in, in pretty capable hands, mate. So thank you very much for coming on and taking time out to have a chat to us. I really appreciate it. I do, and you know, kind of the 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 work that Give to Local are doing, and I know there's a you know a range of people behind the scenes that are doing. Uh, really positive work um so yeah just you know thanks thanks for having me but more importantly thanks for that and hopefully you know we 15 years time we're talking again and somebody who's been impacted by give to local we're seeing knocking on the door that wouldn't that be wouldn't that be amazing but yeah thanks very much i really appreciate your time good luck at the euros thanks so there you go uh, great to have mark as our latest give to local podcast guest um and what a fantastic rise through the ranks 
in terms of coaching, if that doesn't inspire someone else who sat and watched or listened to that, uh, then I don't know what will because it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've got to announce a winner. Well done to Danielle Boyd at Ashmount Lee Football Club. £250 on the way to you, Danielle. Congratulations. And there's £250 up for grabs right now. We've got a question about the podcast that you've just heard. Get the answer right and you could be in that draw for £250 to spend at kitlocker.com as well. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and keep an eye out on our next Give to Local podcast guest. We'll let you know very shortly.